Mine. Oh, really? Mine. Do you, can you share? Mine. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> You're sharing it with all our friends. Are you trying Mine. to give them a biscuit? Hey there. Welcome back to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I'm Jamie, and my hubby, Douglas Hainer, is today right next to me, and we have a very special guest on today, my little sister, Leah. I have four siblings. Leah is my youngest sister, and she's down here to visit us in New Jersey with my brother-in-law, Adam, and her two kids, and we thought it would be really fun to have her on the podcast and share some, what do you call it, old life? Oh, yeah. Take a walk down Otis Lane, if they call it that. Yeah, something like that. Leah, get in here. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents. We have the most special guest ever. I talked my sister into being a guest on our podcast today. A guest under protest. Yeah, she doesn't like being on TV or being on a podcast or being on social media or being on any of that stuff. But I was like, come on, Lee. Little does she know that we talk about her all the time on the podcast, but she doesn't listen, so (laughs) she'll never know. I, like I tell all the stories about when she pees the bed after she. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bedwetter till 12. Yeah. So Doug can't judge. Actually, I was a bedwetter till 13. So I can't judge it's either. not a competition. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did not repeat the bed, but she is sitting right here in our dining room. She's down for the week. My brother-in-law is putting new floors in our house. So they're down to spend some time with us. And we thought it would be so nice to have her as a guest on our podcast. So Leah, say hello. Hi. She's very nervous to be a part of this, but Doug had some questions. I did because I don't, I don't know Jamie before five years ago. So I'm dying to know how she was as a mother. I'm dying to know how she was as a house guest when she made the crossover from being a sister to a mother to a sister. And we can get as deep as you want, but yeah, I definitely had some very lighthearted and Maybe some deep questions. Yeah. Well, we should clarify for anyone who's new and doesn't know us you know, that well. So all three of my younger siblings came to live with me when I was a freshman in college. And we lived in like this little two-bedroom shack, really. <laughs> and then it's a long story, but we ended up going through court battle. My mom like took them away because we got in an argument basically. And then the state found out that they weren't living in good living conditions because she ended up having them live with her boyfriend who had a home that was, according to the police, unfit for even his dog. (laughs) So they were taken away. And then from there, we ended up going through court to actually get like legal custody and whatnot. It's a very, very long, complicated story, but long story short. So my siblings came to live with me when I was in college and Leah had the pleasure of living with me. I'm only five years older than her, but uh, I was like a freaking drill sergeant, right, Lee? Yeah, it was definitely a learning experience for both of us. Honestly, though, tell me the truth, Leah. What was it like living with me? I'm kind of curious what you have to say. It really wasn't that bad. As you know, we bounced around from, you know, your house to Joanna's house to back with mom like frequently. So, you know, there's a couple different experiences. I'll never forget the story that you told me like way after we actually... I did not know this at the time, but you told me that you were on drug runs with mom to Syracuse, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, were uh, you the lookout? No, I actually, I wasn't even really aware of it yeah. um, for most of the part. And then the one house we visited, I wasn't aware of it until afterwards. I was still really young. I was naive and I was like, you know, playing with their dogs. So, you know, the video cameras and stuff, I just was like, Oh, cool. (laughs) Now with... um, Wait, I just want to clarify something because what she means by the video cameras is that people who have 
like drug houses, they literally board up their windows. They have video cameras on the outside that like they can see the people come to their door before they get even close and they don't let you in without like talking through like the walls basically. Because I'll never forget my mom sold Amy, our other sister's car to her for drugs, basically for drug money. And Amy was like, like help me Jamie mom sold my car and and I was like I told you not to let mom borrow your car <laughs> no joke and so I went I was like I'm gonna be tough and meanwhile I was like a freaking stick I was so skinny back then and I go over to my mom's drug addict boyfriend's place and they're just like Leah said there's like video cameras uh, like pointing to the outside there's boarded up windows and like this big guy comes out and he's like you know what do you want and I was like you need to give my sister her car back <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I said that. I was like, where is it? Where's her car? He's like, what are you talking about? That's my car. I was like, oh no, it's not. That is, I'm not, do you, did Amy ever tell you the story, Lee? Yeah, I've heard the story. I wasn't really, I wasn't there. No. But I've heard the story a couple different times. Yeah. Yeah. It was the scariest day of my life. I actually even called the cops just to kind of have them on standby. Cause I was like, he's going to pull out a gun. I think he's going to kill us. I'm not even kidding you. It was the scariest day of my life, but I pretended like I was so strong and I was like, and we ended up getting her car back. So, um, not for nothing. I was like maybe 110 pounds, but, uh, I had a little mite in me. Good for you. <laughs> now the experiences that Jamie describes, cause obviously this is from her perspective. Did you have a different perspective growing up? Like from Jamie, she felt like she was going to be the protector and kind of the mother and taking charge and everything. It was almost like, I mean, did you know any different bouncing from house to house or was it just kind of like these little journeys or adventures for you? Yeah, it wasn't really like, well, first off, I never really looked at Jamie like a mother figure. Like she was my big sister and she helped guide me in life. And the same for my sister, Joanna. And I looked at both of them like that. I never saw them necessarily as a mother figure, even though she kind of like stood in like that. Yeah. But for me, mom doing her thing was always a normal for mom to be gone and then to be home. And so I never really felt like it was weird, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, because this is one part, no joke, Leah, this is one part that kind of made me realize how I needed to step in to help was way back when we lived in that one double wide trailer in that, in that one trailer park. And mom would either lock herself in her bedroom and glare the music up with like her friend Patty and God knows what they were doing in there. Who knows? And we would bang on the door and be like, mom, <laughs> do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. Dance I party. That. Okay. But then <laughs> I had sleepovers. No, yeah. no, but seriously, like we were just like <laughs> kids and we're like, mom, like there's no groceries. Like we're hungry. Are you going to come out and say hello to us? <laughs> like seriously. But, but no, but I remember this vividly. This is when I first realized, cause I was a kind of a selfish teenager a little bit in the beginning because I was just very like focused on getting myself out of the quote unquote cycle. And like, I just wanted to like better myself. I didn't want to be like in the cycle of drugs and abusive boyfriends and all that. But what made me kind of open my eyes that like my little siblings need me was this crumpled up letter I found. I'm not even kidding. It was wadded in the corner and it was this letter that you had written mom. And I started bawling and I was just like 18 years old. I think it opened my eyes because you were literally begging mom for a girl's day to go shopping and have a day like we used to have. And you know, why don't you come around more? And I was just like, Oh my gosh. And this is, this is a time when you were like trying to be Gothic or something too. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a clique. <laughs> yeah. You were, we were like, so did you she wore like, and yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And like chains and dog collars. Yeah. She wore dog <laughs> collars on her neck. And I was like, Leah, what I, are you doing? I thought they were really cool at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and she wore like big black windbreaker pants. And those are my favorite. Did Adam, 
hot pink pockets. <laughs> Did Adam know you then? No. no. That's my brother-in-law. <laughs> no. But no. Not. So not for nothing though, if you see a kid that's wearing like a dog collar and black pants that are like windbreakers or like black makeup, like you instantly judge and think they're bad kids. But my sister was not a bad kid. Yeah. Don't judge those people because most of those people definitely have things going on and they're just looking for attention. Yeah. Whether it's from other kids who are acting out for attention or, you know, just to try to find other people who, you know, share some of the same things in common, even though they're not necessarily the best thing. Yeah. Like I think you were hurting really bad. Yeah, I was. That's how mom and I used to communicate because she was never like around for a real conversation. So I would leave her like a note and then she would leave me one back when she had time. Yeah. And so when I found it crumpled up, I kid you not, I pounded on mom's bedroom door because who knows what the heck she was doing in there. And I demanded that she opened it. And I said, did you read this? Have you even read what Leah has said to you? Like she's begging for your attention, mom. And she was just like, leave me alone. And we got in this huge fight over it. But that was the thing. I felt like she like hated me because I would always reprimand her for not being our mother, basically. Yeah. <laughs> was there a point in time where you almost gave up on your mother. I know it's your mom and and I'm just thinking from my perspective, like I would give my mom a ton of chances, obviously, but it seems like this was a pattern, but everybody kind of stayed together. Was that just a decision that you all made to kind of just keep her around? No, it was kind of like everybody individually made the decision on their own. For me, I never gave up on my mom. Um, I kind of pushed myself away after I had a kid because I knew that that wasn't the best, you know, role model. And a couple times, you know, growing up, I kind of distanced myself, but I always, you know, like went back and she tried, she definitely did try over and over and over. I think she was just in a really bad place, you know, for herself, but I've never really truly given up on her. That was like the hardest part for me because somehow I was able to kind of just, well, first of all, I could see how heart wrenching it was that you guys, like my younger siblings, like you, my brother DJ, your twin, and my sister Amy Lynn, you never gave up on mom and you always wanted her to be your mom and to be like the mom that we all expect a mom to be. Mm-hmm. And so when she would promise to come and then never show up and I'm just there like, sorry guys. Or like remember that one Christmas where she didn't show up until like the very end of the day and we're all just like waiting around for her and then she shows up with Marty, her yeah. boyfriend yeah. at the time who like- That was li- definitely surprising. <laughs> yeah. I mean- That was the hardest for me. And then that's what made me like fight with mom the most because I was like, don't you see what you're doing to that? Like you're not hurting me, even though like I think I just pushed my pain down so that I could be quote unquote strong for you. But like, it was just so obvious to me. I'm like, how does she not see that she is hurting her own children over and over and she doesn't seem to care. Like she just didn't seem to care. She didn't seem to understand it. She's an addict. I mean, that's, that takes priority over everything. Yeah, I think that the hardest part, it's my own personal opinion, but I think for me and definitely for DJ is like when we were every once in a while, mom would have a good day, you know, where she was up, she was alert. She wanted to go to the park. She wanted to hang out. She wanted to talk. And then, you know, there was long periods in between, but there was always that one good day. So we were always hoping for that, you know, more and more and more. And I think she wanted to do it. You yeah. Know, she just, like Doug said, her, you know, your priorities are messed up when you're like that. Yeah. I remember also another time when this is with Amy, our other sister, like Marty, the boyfriend at the time, who was a terrible man, but I like no one knew that at the time, but he was 
awful. He molested my sister. Like he put my brother in a headlock up against the wall. I mean, this is who my mom left my siblings with. Oh, that's a whole different story. But anyways, before I knew he was a bad guy, he was like, your mom's basically on a drug binge and we need to find her because she has my vehicle. And so Amy and I went out to go find her. And we did. We found her at this like drug apartment. And when I knocked on the door, all I could smell was pot. I don't even know if they were doing anything. I mean, I'm assuming they were doing more than just pot, but no joke. Somehow the cops were called. I don't know if I called the cops. I don't know what the deal was. I can't remember the whole story, but essentially mom ran from the cops right then and there. I'm not even kidding you, Leah. It was the craziest thing. The cops came and mom ran into an effing field and Amy and I were like, mom, what are you doing? Like it was, it was wild. She doesn't strike me as a runner. She genuinely ran. I can't, I'll never get the image out of my head. Mom was running in a field away from the cops. Yeah. And they were like screaming at her and they didn't even want to run after her. I can't even imagine that, honestly. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It is The things that drugs, I think, make you do. But this is the thing is that kind of like you said, though, Leah, that I don't think I recognize as much back then. And I certainly didn't have any like patience for back then was that hurt people hurt people. And mom was just a hurt, hurt soul mm-hmm. who had, you know, she was genuinely like abused as a child, neglected as a child, and then went off to like choose men who abused her and, and continue to abuse her and put her down and yeah. make her feel worthless, which of course she's going to turn back to the only thing that's ever comforted her, which is drugs. Yeah. And you know, like that's the worst thing, but I can understand why she did what she did, especially in the beginning. And, you know, it's hard for us, but um, I think that she's definitely starting to get in a better place now. I think to be very honest, I don't know if she's in a better place or if we're just more mature and smarter. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of everything, honestly. I don't think that she's using necessarily the way that she used to, but I think that she's still definitely very, very hurt and she's still very much, you know, like, I know she's kind of out of it nowadays. Like she's got, um, you know, bipolar and all that stuff going on, but she's definitely still very much that hurt little girl that she's always been. So she, I think she's turning more towards like medicine and things like that, but she's seems to always be around. She's working. So yeah, she's somewhat better than she has been. I think the, the hardest part is, you know, just watching from, from the outside. It's, you almost want to like shake somebody to say like, just open your eyes. But then you realize there's so much past that can't be changed that quickly. It would be an intense process. And it's like, you know, someone at that age, it's got to be her decision to to want to get better or want to, you know, reestablish relationships. And somewhere she's got to either hit that rock bottom or she's got to have a turning point to where she wants to try to get better or, you know, maybe she's just content with how it is and it just is what it is. Yeah, um, I, think, I think that's the hardest part with mom is that, you know, in order to get better, you really have to face your own demons, especially with, you know, what caused her to go to that. And, yeah. you know, like she doesn't want to do that. You know, she feels like she's way past that. And if that's what allows her to sleep at night, then, you know, I'm an adult. I know I don't really rely on her anymore. Now, how did you avoid the drug sort of life or that pattern. I know Jamie is very anti-drug and, you know, rightfully so. Was that ever an issue for you? Uh, no, that was never really an issue. You know, a couple of times I did like pot or whatever, but I think Joanna and Jamie both helped me out a lot growing up and especially Jamie, you know, realizing that I want something different for my life and I can change it. You know, Jamie was a huge role model for all of us saying like, 
you don't have to continue in the footsteps of your family. You can step out and change it. Like that's your decision. That's your choice. All you have to do is go for it. So we've all kind of done that. And that's pretty much it. That's how we've all avoided it. Well, I mean, from my perspective, I, I admire all of you. I really do. I mean, you've established a family, you've established a home and same thing with Jamie. She got up and went out and Joanna and, and Amy Lynn and even DJ as he tries. But I mean, the, the fact that you guys went through this growing up and then to, to be cozy and heartfelt and, and warm and just, you guys took me in just as, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was amazing to see the family dynamic and it's, it, it would have been a struggle for anybody. And, and it seems like you guys really, really did kind of come out okay. Yeah, I think that was definitely our saving grace growing up is that we, you know, sometimes siblings kind of run from their situation and they tend to leave other people behind. And our family never did that, not a single one. We've always stayed really close with each other. And I think that's continued into all of our other families as well and our children. And, you know, now we have this large, happy yeah. family. Yeah. And I love you guys so much yeah, and you your kids and everything. Yeah. I'm happy to be part of this family. Sorry, I got emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm honestly so proud of, like, I'm so proud of Amy Lynn, Leah, you, Leah, <laughs> and DJ, because Joanna and I, Joanna's my older sister. We were a little bit older, you know, I was 18 when mom, like we were older teenagers as mom was like leaving. I mean, when I was really young, so let's say when I was like five and you were a baby, mom was there. Like, I don't know that she was a quote unquote perfect mom. Cause any five-year-old would, I would only remember her, her as a perfect mom. Maybe she wasn't, who knows? But like, to me, she, she was, I mean, we did have the heat turned off a lot and there was CPS was called a few times and there, there was no food. We had like dry milk for our cereal. Yeah. Like next to no food. And occasionally we had rodents and bugs, but like mom always worked on like truly though. She, she had five kids with a man who beat the snot out of her, who was in and out of jail and she had no support system. So the woman did the best she could. And I mean, not for nothing, she raised us. Like we didn't have another figure. So she raised us. And I don't know, I, I try to, I thank God for nursing school because it really taught me that mom has a mental illness and there is really truly a chemical imbalance. And if you don't fix that chemical imbalance, you're never going to be right, yeah. you know? And that's really, so it taught me that first things first is that she has a chemical imbalance. Secondly, you know, she is trying the best she is. That's really truly all she knows how to do. And, you know, you can like love her as she is and accept her as she is. If she goes, falls back in drugs, you know, love her anyways, or don't like pick one or the other though, because you can't like try to change her. I think a lot for a very long time, we were all trying to change yeah, her. We all wanted a different version of her and she wasn't capable of being that version. And she's still not capable of, be, of mm -hmm. being that version. And I think the faster we all came to realize that, the, the faster we were able to have a more of a loving relationship with our mother. Mm -hmm. Like no joke, I called mom the other day to invite her to Henley's second birthday party and the dogs barked and she goes, oh, you have a dog? I was like, mom, I've had a dog. <laughs> I have two and I've had the one for over, for six years. Mom. Uh, yeah, I have two dogs, mom. <laughs> What's your happiest memory with your mom? What about with me? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I think that night that I made, like, surprised you with dinner. I think that's like the night you surprised me with dinner. Yeah. Remember I made the, like the pork loin and mashed potatoes, it was like a Thanksgiving dinner. Except 
This is when I was a brand new nurse. Yeah. And I came home from work as a yeah. nurse. Yeah. I'd gotten out of school and uh, I had made dinner and you and your boyfriend at the time had come home and we all just kind of like sat down at the table and had this huge dinner. And it was just, it was really random, but it was, it was nice. And that's when I had the foster child Yep. <laughs> and she was there. And then the neighbor boy, we lived in a trailer park and the neighbor boy, his parents were never around. So he was brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were there. And we were like a bunch of like parentless kids just hanging out. Uh, it was like a sandlot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. But, and you're a really good cook, Leah. I was like, I was always so excited whenever you cooked meals because I was like, I'll go out and buy all the groceries. If you just cook some dinner. Cause like, I'm not a very good cook. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I lived with you and you and Amy made brownie mix and a cake batter mix. And it was the most disgusting thing ever. And you guys were so happy to spoon it out of the bowls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember mom would bring like, that's the kind of stuff she would bring from the free food pantry. So that's like kind of not all we had, but that was like, all, that was easy. That was cheap food to eat. It was like a quick, easy, like, yeah, like snack. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now something that Jamie and I haven't, well, I guess we talked about this somewhat, but I don't think Linda's around en- enough around Henley anyways for this, but Linda's uh, my mom, by right, the way. Sorry. Have you had that talk with Matt and, and Rylan? Or, who are her kids? Doug, right. you have to explain yeah. who these people are to everyone <laughs> to your, who's listening. To your kids. Like, do, I mean, they obviously know who Grandma Linda is, but do they think anything of it or why she's not around? Or? Yeah, yeah. Matt's old enough now where he has asked me questions. You know, like, So first off, I've got to explain. Adam's mother is very in their life. They see her almost on a daily basis. Like she picks them up. They have sleepovers right down the street. Yeah. Like she works at the school with them. So they see her all the time and she's always happy. She's always supportive of them. And whereas my mom, Matt's to the age where he's, he's noticing that there's a really big difference and he's asked questions, you know, why doesn't she come around? Why doesn't she buy me stuff? You know, like, why don't we see her? And you know, I chose to be fully honest with him. Same with my dad. You know, like I told them the truth and told them that they're trying to be better people, but that's not the kind of role model that I want in their lives. So we don't see them very much. Right. Now, what are your thoughts on Jamie's pursuit of her real biological father? I think it's amazing. I personally want to go see my dad's side of the family just because I've never really met them. But I think that it's awesome that Jamie's going to see her family. You know, it's something her and both my sister Joanna have wanted for, you know, forever. They've always wanted to find out what else they're from. And um, I think it's great. So, because Joanna doesn't know her father either. So just for clarification, for those of you guys listening, my mom, but there's five of us and my sister Joanna myself and my little sister, Amy Lynn, we never knew who our fathers were, but Amy found out when she was 16, she was living with me while all you guys were living with me. (laughs) Very awkward story because if you guys read my book, I shared about it in the book, but essentially her dad called and his last name is Otis, which is that's where I get my last name, Otis, but he's not my dad because I had a paternity test and it was definitely negative. So I know that he's not my dad, but I do have his last name. And now it's turned out through the paternity test that he is indeed Amy, my little sister, Amy's dad. So he calls and he's like, it was just the most awkward conversation because I was like, he's like, I'm Larry Otis. I'm like, yeah, I'm Jamie Otis, but I know I'm not your daughter. Like, you're looking for Amy Otis. That one is your daughter. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, here's Amy. Like, this is your daughter. <laughs> Such an awkward phone conversation. <laughs> but yeah, so then Leah and DJ are twins and their father was my stepfather. And he's been, you know, just like Leah said, he's trying to... I guess, to straighten his life out, but was very, very abusive to our mother and very much an alcoholic. And 
maybe he's trying the best he can. I don't know what to say for him because yeah, he, I mean, he's been in and out, but I think that he's trying in his own way. He just isn't good at sticking to things. And I think it's another one of those situations where, you know, someone really needs to reach out for help and face their problems and he's not willing to do that. So he's never really going to change. So yeah, I think that uh, I saw him at Ryland's gender reveal yes. party when we were up there and I didn't know who he was at first, but when I saw him and he was kind of like walking away, I was like, he walks the same way Dale walks. Like yeah. they have the he same walk, like, him. <laughs> the, like the same way they wear their shorts and the same like swagger as yeah. they go through. <laughs> it's like the one swagger. Thing That's so funny. Was there ever a point in time where you didn't like living with Jamie? Like, was there a time where it was more fun living with either Joanna or your mom as opposed to Jamie? Yes. (laughs) Be careful. I'm right here. (laughs) So Jamie was really like OCD. And when she says she's a drill sergeant, like she's not kidding. (laughs) I like would like to think that thanks to you guys, I'm so sorry, but I learned not to be like that with my own daughter. But but continue. Sorry, I'm interrupting. And I feel like I've broken a lot of that. That's true. I used to be very, very type A personality and I'm black and white and there was no shade of gray. But anyways, Leah, I'll, yeah, sorry. I totally interrupted. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that was definitely, you know, a learning experience for all of us. But that was, I think, the hardest part. Um, I was like, what, 16, 17 at the time. And I was already going through that whole, you know, rebellious stage where I didn't, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to be an adult. I felt like I could do it. And mom let you run, like do whatever the yeah. heck you want all the time. And then all of a sudden you come to live with me. And I was like, I had rules and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this isn't cool. Yeah. I was like, no, you're not smoking cigarettes and no, you're not going to hang out with boys. And yes, you're going to school every single day and you are going to do your homework. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was definitely rough there for a while, but, <laughs> but do you remember when we all watched the exorcism? Oh my gosh. Emily? That's so embarrassing. <laughs> We all watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I used to bring them to church with me too. Was I, I was like 14 at that time too. Yeah. I was like- <laughs> so this is when I first got, when all three of my siblings first came to live with me. So if you were 14, I was 19. And this is when I was a freshman in college. And we watched this movie, Exorcism. And just to paint the picture for you, it's me and my three younger siblings living in a shack that barely has like doors that lock, let alone like windows that close. And we watched The Exorcism. We so, I was so scared. And then we were talking about, you know, being good and being true and honest and that God would always be there for you. And, and I was like, I felt so guilty because I was sneaking behind her back smoking and I had just gotten cigarettes off the bus from one of my friends. And I felt so guilty that I like broke them and was like bawling my eyes out to Jamie. She's like, I have something to tell you. And she's bawling. And I was like, Oh my God, what? could this be was, so bad. Like, oh no, she's pregnant. <laughs> I know. I had no idea. I was like, what? Could be? And I was like, Leah, anything you say, it's okay. I love you. I'm possessed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we were like literally like praising Jesus, but like loving, it was like kind of a really nice moment. We all like really bonded because yeah. we were all so scared. Yeah, but yeah, she comes out of the bedroom and she has a pack of cigarettes and she broke them in half and she was bawling. Like, I've been sneaking cigarettes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's really embarrassing now, but it was really meaningful at the time. I think we all bonded that night. Yeah, that definitely made us become like, you know, a lot closer. Yeah. What was the biggest thing that you hid from Jamie while you were living with her? I think smoking was pretty much it. And then 
you know, eventually she came to the terms that I was going to do it regardless and she wasn't going to support it. But remember when I tried making, I was like, nicotine, I bought you all this nicotine gum. Yeah. That was so hard. I was so mean to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And, but this is the sad part is like an adult now. I wish I could go back and be like just a little bit more loving and patient and supportive with you because I don't know. I just feel like I was so hard on you. Like you and Amy Lynn and DJ, I was just so hard on you guys. Like I'm just, man, if you didn't do the absolute best that you said you were going to do, then I was like, that's not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely that. Again, that was like later on, but that was, that was a rougher, you know, time when we were all learning how to kind of like coexist and Jamie was trying to be a mom, but we didn't want that from her. You know, we just wanted an older sister. So that was our learning experience. That was the hardest time for all of us. Did you guys have that talk with Jamie to say, like, stop being my mother? Well, Amy Lynn would go, you're not my mom. And I'd be like, I know I'm not your mom. I don't want to be your mom, but your mom is not here. And don't you want to be better, like better yourself? Yeah. And I've never been one to just, you know, speak exactly what I say. Or speak exactly what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and Jamie actually took us to counseling. And so that way, because none of us were really talking, we all did our own thing and it was very stressful. You know, there was so much tension between us and uh, we ended up seeing a counselor and it really helped us open up and be able to speak with someone else there to give us, you know, their opinions and without us telling each other that we're doing the wrong thing. And it helped us all, you know, grow. It helped us all, you know, learn to try to fix ourselves. And, you know, I think that's what fixed us. I think that's really amazing that, I mean, you grow up from that, you become more mature from that, but you also become a better parent. I mean, you're, you're such a good mom <laughs> and <laughs> Jamie is such I a good try. mom, Amy Lynn, Joanna. I mean, it's, it's amazing how good of parents that you are, where you didn't really have a strong parental role model. Yeah. I, you know? think, I think all of that is literally because that we, we kind of stuck to each other and we supported each other, even when we didn't necessarily live close to each other. Every single one of us tried to stay in contact. And I think that, that that kept us close as a family and it kept us learning and it kept us, you know, like trying to mature and better ourselves. What was the most embarrassing thing that Jamie has ever done in front of you? <laughs> I don't, I can't actually recall anything, you know, embarrassing. Honestly. I could think of something. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> fun, fun fact about me. I went to American Idol auditions. Oh, that was, I remember that trip. <laughs> yeah, that was like, and for us, first of all, I mean, I cannot. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I can't sing at all. I tried so hard oh, though, but this was like, this is the best thing because I, I try, I'll try. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll try anything. Yeah, she can belt out Jolene. <laughs> Jolene, 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 Jolene. It was so funny. She used to go through the house like hours at a time. We were cleaning or she was doing laundry or she was in the bathroom doing her makeup or something. And you just hear her start singing Jolene. And she's like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to nail it. And <laughs> Some things you just can't force. <laughs> I still can't sing. <laughs> but that was definitely... I was definitely embarrassed about that trip, but it was, like, it was such a good trip. We, it was in Philadelphia, which was like a four hour drive from our home. And Leah, I think that this is how like naive and sheltered we were, I guess like not so much sheltered, but like inexperienced in the world because the favorite thing for you was just to swim in the pool at the hotel. Oh my gosh. I was so excited. That's still, <laughs> honestly, that is still one of my favorite things to do is like, I told Adam that I want him to take me on a date. I want to go to a hotel with a pool and I just want to spend the whole day in the pool. Because it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most fun ever. 
Yeah, it's you just, true. You go from your room, go downstairs, you get to go swimming, and then you get to go back upstairs to your room. Like, it's great. <laughs> but my last question, though, is did Jamie ever, or maybe it was Joanna, or maybe your mom, but did anybody ever give you the sex talk? Over and over. I think I got a sex talk from everybody. <laughs> Gotcha. And was yeah. it, because I know for, for guys, it's a little bit different. Like I, I opened up to my father the first time that I had sex, the first time that I touched a boob. <laughs> but for guys, I would always discuss this with my friends because you had so many sisters. Did did you guys have that conversation or was it more just like, don't get pregnant? It like, was, yeah, it was more, don't get pregnant. It less was, educational on you should yeah. do this or you yeah, should do was, that. It was like just them making sure that I was safe because they kind of already knew what I was doing without telling me or trying to ask me. I didn't open up to any of them about things. I didn't openly discuss things at that time. So it was mostly them making sure that I was safe and that I knew what to do and that I was protected at the time. Gotcha. So it wasn't like techniques or no. other talk no, like that? No, we're not guys. Gotcha. I don't know why I imagine that. Uh, no, definitely not. As a matter of fact, Amy tried sitting in between her boyfriend's legs and I was like, I don't think so. You never brought boyfriends around. No. Ever. No, never. But Amy Lynn brought her boyfriend. And that's probably why you never did because I would like, I was a hawk, <laughs> which like I really did. I, t- I took my job as parenting so seriously. Like I was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I have to make sure that these kids turn out good. <laughs> but I didn't, but it wasn't just about you being good though. I wanted you to feel loved and secure. And like, I remember when I bought the trailer, I genuinely wanted you guys to be able to have a home, like when you went off to college. Cause I just know that like when I, I was in college and I had no home to go to and all of like the people that I was in school with, they all would go home, you know, for spring break and go see their parents. And I was like, I want to be able to give that to my siblings. I mean, I yeah, tried. <laughs> yeah. I do remember you when you first bought it, you're like, yeah, we got an extra room. So that way, if you ever need a place to go or you ever want to come stay, there's room for you. You know, you're always welcome. And that was really nice for, I know for me and DJ, definitely. I would start to like dislike Jamie if she was like that all the time with me. And like, I wouldn't, I would hide more things. I wouldn't talk to her. I wouldn't bring people around. <laughs> if, if you were this like sort of like drill sergeant as my older sister and you would be so strict as to say, no, you can't have three inches between you and your boyfriend or like that. Like I would start to, I don't know, did you guys think of it out of love or did you start to resent living with her? No, we definitely resented it. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, we went back and forth, you know. But I honestly, I mean, I didn't know what to do, Doug. I didn't know how to be a parent. And I was like, you don't have to get defensive. Yeah. I'm just well, I feel defensive. Like, yeah. you know, I, I was just trying to do the absolute best I could with, I literally had a full-time job plus a full-time career like in school. Plus I was trying to be a cheerleader. Plus I was trying to take care of them. Plus I was going to court battles with my mother. Like I was trying so hard, Doug. Like I was trying so hard. You weren't. I'm, I'm going to cry because you feel like you're like dismissing. No. Like, yeah. No. No. I'm, no he's, it's, I'm totally not. I'm asking a, a question and you're getting very defensive I think he's about just it. Curious, honestly, it's a well, very because, curious question. I wasn't putting down your your parenting ability. I wasn't putting you down as a person. How would you know how to handle any of that? How would you know how to be a mother and a sister and a friend and everything else? Like that's that's a given. I was asking how you guys are still so tight together and whether that was even a thing at all. There's nothing about your skills as a person. Like my biggest insecurity is that I didn't do a good job. Yeah, no, you shouldn't think that at all. I mean, honestly, like the best thing that you did was put us in counseling. And at first I remember I was like really weirded out by it and I felt like it was unnecessary and stupid and 
you know, I didn't want to be one of those kids at a shrink. But for us, you know, we were all siblings trying to coexist and Jamie was trying to be a sibling and a mother and none of us really wanted a mother, but we didn't know how to say it. So we, you know, we acted out. But also honestly, if like, if I hadn't stepped into that role, you guys would have been in foster care. Like you can't just live on your own at 16 or 14 yeah. or whatever. But, I mean, you know, and as a 16 year old, you think you can do anything. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that about you. And, and I think that's probably the most mature thing that I've ever heard. Yeah. Is the fact that you did that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I see that as a turning point for all of you. It really was. Like, I think the best thing that it taught us was how to especially you, Jamie. I mean, because after that, like it really, it taught us how to look at ourselves in a different perspective without judging ourselves and try to, you know, change that in ourselves to make ourselves better. And to this day, every single one of us can still do that. And I think that was the biggest thing that we could have done to stay together. And it was so helpful and it's helpful for me now as a parent. And I think it's definitely helpful for you, Jamie, because after that, you know, things definitely mellowed out between us. And it was still, even for Amy, like it was still rocky at times, but we all learned to kind of take a step back and to look at things and we grew from it. How did you know to do that? Like what drove you to that? Because I, I genuinely wanted them to love me. I was trying to be a good big sister, but I could tell they like hated me because I was forcing them to go to school. I knew I was so hard on them and I didn't know how else to be though. Like I didn't know how else to, I just didn't know what to do. I was clueless, but I could tell that I was pushing them away. And so that was like my one last, like almost like hope. I don't even know how I figured it out. Like I did go to the guidance counselor in my college and I kind of shared a little bit. Like I was like, I don't know, like I didn't know what to do. And we would literally like barely even talk inside mm-hmm. our own home. Yeah, like we it was, all... yeah. Like, so it was my sister, Leah, Amy and I at this point living together and barely even talked. Like, I don't know. I just, and I genuinely just, I just loved you guys so much. And I wanted to do, I so badly wanted to be a good role model and a good big sister. And I was just clueless. So when, you know, I was like, this is my last like thing that I can do with them. I don't know what else to do with them. And it well, did, I, and it did work. Yeah, it worked. I think and that's it, amazing. It was surprising. I know, like, we, I think we only went for maybe like six sessions or something like that. You know, it, it wasn't super long. Well, you didn't like to go at all. You I not, hated. You never wanted to go. I hated going, and at the time, I didn't think that it was it was cool. I didn't think that it helped. But afterwards, looking at it and then watching the changes in everyone and and myself, now I know that it was helpful. At the yeah. time, I didn't, not at all. But yeah, like now, I know that it was super helpful and. I think that's definitely the only reason that we really were able to, you know, kind of join back together and become more. That's amazing. That's amazing that you did that. That's a turning point in your life, your relationship, how you parent, how you mother. I'm just sensitive about I this because are. I feel like you were like, did you resent Jamie? No, but as and much they as did I... resent me and it hurt. It really okay. is still hurts because I was just trying to do like the best I can. And yeah. I just love them so much and I just want them to know that. But I sometimes I do a terrible job at showing it. I'm explaining to you that I'm insecure about that, which is why I'm seeing this. I'm telling you that I would never do anything to hurt you. Well, thank you. I love you. This is a very touchy topic for me because it really, because I just... I don't know. I love, I don't, I hope you guys know that I really tried my absolute best. We all, we do. We all know it. And like I said, we were teenagers, you know, every teenager acts out, you know, especially to the ones that they're the closest to because they're the ones they know that can handle it. So, you know, we acted out at that time and it made you insecure and it made us insecure and you did the right thing and you brought somebody else in to help us and it, it worked. I couldn't have done too bad of a job because yeah, I'm not a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's still talking to each other. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's great. 
Well, I think that's all the questions I had. I think we should end this on a lighter note. This got real heavy <laughs> real fast. Have you ever heard Jamie having sex? Douglas. <laughs> no, actually. Yeah, no, because I'm not that cruel. Like I would never. That's like a big insecurity. Have you ever heard any of your siblings having sex? No, definitely that, not. That's a lie. No, I was just thinking in my head. And that's why I was hesitant. But no, I've never heard you guys have sex. I would definitely, definitely. Oh, did you not just hear this whole conversation? I would have pounded on the door and been like, excuse me, you're in my house. What are you doing? Like, I would be like, you are, boys weren't even allowed in their bedroom. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Have you ever had sex under Jamie's watch? No. Have you ever had sex in my house? No. Really? <laughs> really. I never had a boy over to your house. Wow. What the about- only boy that ever came over to your house was Jimmy, Amy's boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And then Dennis. And I wouldn't do anything like that with him because Dennis was I, the neighbor boy that had yeah. no parents either. Yeah. He was younger. Than yeah. Me. He was younger. And I didn't really <laughs> look at him like that. No. He was like a brother. And so was Envy, his yeah. little brother. Oh my God. Envy was so cute. I know. I miss those <laughs> He used boys. to come over and do the dishes. He was so sweet. <laughs> he would do anything to have a family with us. Yeah. Right, Lee? Yeah. He used to come over all the time and sit down and just watch TV. And then oh. he'd get up and do the dishes. And he was, he gave me flowers for Mother's Day. Like Aww. all the time. He would pick them out of like the garden of other people. <laughs> the the yes. And so what happened with him was he ended up going in foster care because the government found out that his parents were never around and his house also was a mess. And then, so I would visit him over in his foster families and they would bring him over to visit me because we really became a family. And then his dad, they found out who the dad lived in Africa and they sent him to Africa, but yeah. that's a whole different story for a whole different podcast. But Lee, well, thanks for being on the podcast. Sorry if I got sensitive. <laughs> I just hope you know that I, I like okay. love you so much and I love I love all of you so much. And I really did try my absolute best to like be a good, I still try to be a really good sister and a role model. And like, I don't know. I hope that you know how much I love you. We do know. And just remember that we know that you did try really hard and that it did work out and nobody resents anything growing up. I know I was a drill sergeant. I'm sorry. (laughs) It was only for a little while. (laughs) After counseling, it really did help because I realized this is so sad, but I was like, Amy Lynn, like in, in particular, because you got good grades, you know, you studied and got good grades when you got mm-hmm. the, when you, you went, you when know. I went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Amy Lynn never got good grades. And I was like, why is, and like, I remember for chemistry, she would like get, I would get notes from her teacher saying that she wasn't, you know, doing her homework and all these things. And I remember being like, what? Like I would be so angry with her. But I remember our counselor was like, she's not you. If she doesn't get straight A's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean she's not trying just as hard as you are. And I was like, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, was- like not everybody's a straight A student. People learn and express themselves in different ways. And she's so incredibly talented. She can sing and I can't. Like we have our <laughs> pros and cons, you know, yeah, in she, life. She's definitely more into like the arts. the arts. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was just more of like a math and science kind of girl. Mm-hmm nothing is right or wrong. It it is what it is, but it's just like learn to love something different, you know, and learn to love and accept something different. And I just, I guess that's how, that's what I had to learn. Anyways, Leah, thank you so much for coming and joining us on the podcast and sharing all the things. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I don't want to do it again. (laughs) And you're welcome back anytime. (laughs) Yes. You can come on anytime you want to. No, but in all seriousness, I'm so proud of you. I really am. I hope you know that. And 
like deep in your bones that I love you so much and I'm so proud of you. And she really does. She tells me that all the time. (laughs) I really am. You're such a great, thoughtful, hardworking, ambitious young lady. And you're such a good mama to your kids. They come first and foremost. You would never leave them, which is amazing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and I love you guys too. Thank you. Yeah. We love you too. Yeah, we love you, Sarah <laughs> Doug. But and for those of you listening, we love you too. And next week we're going to have for anybody, any of you out there who want to start your own side hustle, your own business and kind of make it profitable. We have the most amazing guest coming on. Her name is Julie Solomon and she's part of the influencer podcast. She's the host of the influencer podcast. And she has so many good tips to be able to take like your side hobby and turn it into like a business. And I thought this might be really helpful for some of our listeners. So I'm excited to share her with you next week. Yeah. Super motivational and you're definitely going to learn a lot from it. Absolutely. We will see you guys next week. But if you guys have a moment and you want to leave a comment, please do let us know what you thought about this episode. And also, if you want to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, not going to lie, I wouldn't hate that. I would actually love that very much. We'll be reading all of your comments. All right. We'll see you guys next week. And when I say see ya, it means we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.